Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonato. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon, a company run by Joe Ross. We appreciate Higher Echelon being on board for one more year here at the Black Knight Nation podcast so we can bring you guests like this. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of football guests, but now in the last uh, two days, we've gotten on Joe Abarisi, uh, the head lacrosse coach, and now we welcome Chris Traz, um, the Army baseball coach, to the Black Knight Nation podcast for the first time. Thanks, Chris, for joining us. No, I appreciate doing this. Following Coach uh, Coach A is uh, no easy feat, so um, but happy to be on. Yeah, we'll we'll do our best. We'll do our best, right? Um, want to just talk to you a little bit about previewing the season. I guess you open up next Saturday in Cary, North Carolina, against Monmouth. Um, you know, I was just thinking before we came on on the differences between like you'll be facing Monmouth down there for your opener, and they might be in the same situation you are with being a Northeast team, right? And some of these other Northeast, uh, some of the South teams, you know, they're on the, they're outside for a while. And you guys um, are kind of, what's kind of the situation like for you guys entering the seat, entering a season, like where you're doing a lot of your work inside, or do you get a chance to even get outside and enjoy a nice yeah, day? Yeah, no, that's a, um, that's a great question. It's, it's kind of one of the unique things about, I think, being here is, is the facilities give us a chance. Um, you know, obviously with, uh, you know, starting in January is, is it's not ideal for for baseball, but being able to we've got a, a hitting facility just off uh, just down the hill from our, our our field, which gives us a chance to get inside and hit, and we can throw bullpens in there. But then the Foley Athletic Center up by with football up by Mikey, that gives us the chance to really like we were up there. We can go live in there within reason. No out you know, outfielders, not so much, but you can get a little bit of a real feel. And then with the addition of the turf. Um, on double day uh, last winter, you know, now if it's above 32 degrees, we're out there and um, hmm. can take BP, get fly balls and kind of play baseball um, in, in a sense. Um, you know, this weekend, the weather's supposed to be really nice. So we'll get out in an inner squad. And so we'll we'll be a little bit ahead of the curve of of what normally a Northeast team would have um, in some in some way. But, yeah, you're most times you're putting little pieces of baseball together at a time and then hoping, you know, when you get to North Carolina, Florida, Texas, wherever you go, it seamlessly uh, comes together. So it's 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 unlike probably any other sport in the fact that there are years that you will not actually like play until the first game of the year. Yeah. And um, I guess I was looking your home. Your first home game, I think, is in, in like in March and maybe the oh, second week. Of March. So, I mean, you're going to have like what, like probably over 10 games before then. Right. And um, yeah, just we're four the- weekends, four weekends on the road. Um, and then that fifth weekend, just because we have the turf, we're going to give it a give it a, a, a run um, and see. But, you know, again, it's that's one week before conference starts where normally we would be on the road for five straight weeks. And that's here academically that's that's a, a big challenge and just the wear and tear physically um thursday to sunday for for four or five straight weeks can can take a toll coaching a northeast team is something that you're used to you spent you know you, your career most of your career at maris you you were a former pitcher at maris so i mean was the uh transition how, how was that transition because i you know yes army's different um academic wise and with the military duties of, of your players, but was there a big transition there for you going? You had a successful first year. Congratulations on that. You won the Patriot league and you know, what a season you guys had last year. Yeah, no, it was, um, you know, the transition is, I, I would say is probably more internally just to kind of how we operate from a recruiting standpoint, just the cyclical nature of, of, of West point to, uh, 
to kind of a traditional college in, environment. But um, once we got on the field, I mean, we were really, really lucky to come into a situation with some really, really good players, um, guys that that want to win and knew how to win. And so the baseball end um, was probably the the easiest part when we could get on the field and practice and, and be with our guys and work with them. Um, the internal part, again, of just just understanding the the differences of these guys, their 12 month calendar to how we need to attack recruiting and the type of kids um, that we're going to go after. Again, like at Maris, we were within a two hour, three hour radius recruiting. Um, you know, now I think this this 24 class will have I think it's four kids from California. So like we've we've now, you know, again, we've, we're going to reach every every corner of um, of the U.S. recruiting wise. So. Um, it was in, in in some in some ways very smooth transition. Others, you know, we're still kind of learning some of the the ins and outs. But um, you know, the the good thing is, is we have good players and good kids, so that that makes it a, a heck of a lot easier. No doubt. And you were here, you were at West Point for one year as a pigeon coach, right before you took the Marist job. So, but was that even a, a good introduction for you to what you were going to be looking at now? Yeah, I, I you know obviously I think as an assistant, uh, especially at that time, I was 26 years old. Um, I was shielded in a lot of the some of the West Point the uh, the the inner workings, but you know the exposure to um, to the guys and, and what their what their day was like, what the stressors were, how they how they operated, and and, and the type of kids that you want to attract because obviously at that time we were. That year we went to um, a regional Austin, Texas, won two games. It was one of the better years that um, the academy had seen on the baseball end. So, you know, I, I got that taste. You know, playing the Army Navy game, like you get that 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 introduction to it all. Um, and then, you know, I was lucky enough. Um, you know, my father-in-law is Dave McGarity, so for 16 years we were here a lot. Um, mm -hmm. My wife and I. Just being around West Point, and 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 sometimes it was just as a fan sitting in uh, in Crystal Arena, but talking to him and 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 kind of understanding some of the the deeper, um, you know, connections, relationships, and just again how how West Point operated gave me a little bit more of of an insight. But leaving leaving West Point for Marist at the time was probably the only place that I would have would have gone, um, mm. just because I think there was so much for me to learn and. Um, at, at 25, 26 years old that, that this place could give me for the rest of my life, you know, but to get a chance to go back to my alma mater at the time to be a head coach, um, you know, was a situation that made sense. But uh, yeah, no, I was lucky enough to kind of have a little bit, a couple steps into it, um, you know, and then once I got here, you, you start running pretty fast. Yeah, when you're able at that age to go and be a head coach at the division one level, right? And it, for, for it to be your alma mater, I mean, wow. And the success you had there, um, what what made you leave? How did you how, what made you leave? You know, you're at your alma mater. You're winning. You know, Mac. You're having success. You're winning Mac championships. Um, what made you come to What made you come to West Point? Yeah, it was it was West Point. You know, like I think it's different. Um, you know, and at Maris, you know, we had our own unique challenges. Um, you know, from from resource to facilities and, and we made it work and we grinded it out. And I think we, we tried to, at times you're drawing blood from a stone. Um, and, and I was fine doing it and, and we were happy, happy there. This opportunity um, to be able to come and, and, and try and continue, you know, basically on the, on the, you know, the, the trajectory of the program and, and keep it at a really, really high level, but be associated with, with one of the greatest institutions in, in our country. Um, 
to be resourced and from facilities, be in a place where if you do the right things, you're going to be successful. Um, and then surround yourself with great people. You know, for 13 years um, as, a, as a head coach there for really 19 out of 20 years of my life, my whole adult life was Marist. And, um, you know, I think it was it was a good time for our family. Um, if we were going to make a move, this was this was probably a good time. I have younger kids. Um, so the impact wasn't wasn't too great. Um, I kept my wife in the area, which she was comfortable in, which was outstanding. Um, but, you know, really, to it was West Point like that. You know, that 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 name, the institution, what it means, the mission means a lot to me. It means a lot to, um, you know, my family. And then, you know, growing up, it was, you know, again, Notre Dame and and, and Army football like that was what I was always kind of. Uh, it taught by my grandfather and, and my family and, and, and to get a chance to come here and, and to realize my career could be a place where you could be a head coach at West Point was was too good to uh, to look the other way. Were you at Army Navy games when you were younger or were you at least you were watching them probably right or no? Yeah. Yeah, we were watching them. And, um, you know, it was just something that this kind of had a natural connection to. And then really, you know, once I got into college, you know, I was going to army navy games uh when i was an assistant at maris post college i had probably been to six or seven army navy games um with with teammates it was just kind of that was our like pilgrimage uh every year to reconnect and different things so we've always i've always had some sort of connection on the outskirts you know i'm not from a um a huge military family outside of um you know grandparents and um you know that that served but um you know, there was just always, always something about it that was that was important and special to uh, to our family. When you were at Marist, I know they had the Army Marist games, um, the, the the base, the Hudson Valley Baseball Classic. Did you get a chance to pitch against the Army or no? No. So that was that was when I was uh, that originated in. I forget which. I think I was at Marist at the time when it started. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, in a three years, two year span, I was. I was coach or three year span. I was coaching on every side of it. Uh, I think I've got the most wins because I was on the correct end of, of some of those. But um, that was always a cool, a cool atmosphere and a, and, a, and a really neat day. And again, that was another place where you got to interact. You know, our guys at Maris got to interact with the Army players, and um, and you see that they're very similar, but they're also not right. Like there's yeah. a different. There's a there's a little something special to it, but. Um, you know, they always did a great job. Bob Beretta was the kind of the uh, I think the uh, the working horse behind getting that going. And we had some really great days at the fireworks, the, the clinics beforehand, twenty five hundred people in the stands. Like it was wow. a really kind of a neat deal. Um, and you got a trophy at the end. So it was a good like midseason kind of a little a little bit of like a playoff type atmosphere for one night, um, you know, during the year. To talk now about your team uh, this year and. Um... First the success last year, you said you you were when you came in, you had a pretty good bunch of guys, pretty good group of seniors. Um, Kevin DeBrule, I, I know that shortstop and Ross Friedrich, uh, first baseman who's playing in the minor leagues right now, I believe. And um, I mean, it, you said it wasn't that much of a transition um, for you at, on the baseball side, but to continue the winning there. And, you know, I mean, you won your fifth army, won the fifth straight Patriot League title last year. I mean, I guess that's always the. Uh, the expectation, the top goal of the program. How did you guys um, factor that in during the season? I mean, because you could play, you could talk about it's one game, game by game, right? But then when you get to the postseason, where every out, every strike counts, you know, uh, how did you, how did you guys approach that? How did you approach that as a coach? Yeah, 
No, that was there was um, there were some positives about this job taking over. One of the ones that was really tough was like usually when you take over a job, it's because someone they didn't do a good job. Uh, they had done a great job. So you're coming into a situation where the expectations are really high. Um, and we had to kind of just figure out how to get these guys to to respond to us and get to know us. And, and, and part of what we try to do is, in a sense, and, and it really wasn't a, any real magic sauce, but we spent a lot of time with them and tried to free them up in some instances. Like we didn't change um, a ton, but there were some, um, you know, we kind of manipulated some things within the program, but these guys were ready to go. And, you know, we went on a great run in the middle of the year that kind of really set us up knowing that we were going to be in position to win the regular season title and then be the number one seed. And that first, um, series versus Lafayette in the, the semifinal, we lose game one and we're down, I think four, nothing like the fourth inning. Yeah. Um, we hadn't done that all year. Um, and, it, and we were not playing like ourselves. And then we kind of, we got something to go and then the momentum hit and then the next four games, you know, we were really, really good. Um, but there was, I think that piece of the expectation of you're not supposed to lose now. You know, like you're supposed to beat everybody. You're supposed to run away with this tournament championship. And it's really, really hard. Um, and so we tried to just remain as calm as we could, let the guys kind of get through it. Um, and they did a really nice job because we had really, really good leaders. And, and when you talk about Kevin DeBrule um, and Ross Friedrich and, and and letting those guys really lead the program. And I've, I said it a ton last year. I coached the team, but, but Kevin uh, – or I led the team, Kevin, or I coached the team, Kevin with the led the team. I mean, it was that way. Um, I'd look to him sometimes and be like, what's going on? He's like, we got you coach. And I'm like, I, I, I like, I hope so. Uh, and, and all of a sudden it's a five run inning. It's a, a, a 10 run inning. And, and, and we just went on our way. So, um, you know, the, the, the great thing is again, that, that tradition of success, but there is a, a kind of that unseen pressure, that our guys feel day to day because like they haven't been the hunter in a long time. They've mm. been the hunted for their entire careers and, and it does bring its own challenges, but I think we look at it as a good thing. Um, you know, but we have to, we have to show up every day and, and, and work as hard as we can so that we can put ourselves in position to, to be successful. Yeah. I guess uh, last week, the preseason uh, Patriot league awards were uh, released and, you know, you're picked again to win the uh, the sixth straight title, and you have Sam Ruda as the player of the year. You have Derek Berg as the defensive player of the year and Mike Ruggieri as the pitcher of the year. So you sweep all the categories, right, Coach? And so, I mean, I, I thought I saw maybe a poster or something where, yeah, it's nice to have those things, but, you know, I mean, you still got to keep the guys focused, right? I mean, we'll talk about the talent that you guys have coming back in a second, and we talked about this a little bit, but, I mean, that's like kind of expected maybe or – and now you just got to keep on grinding, right? Yeah, I mean, the head coaches in the league, they did a nice job of just putting a big old bullseye, making sure that it was squarely on our backs, which is which is fine. And again, the the preseason awards with Derek and, and Mike and Sam, like that's because we have good players and then mm -hmm. they've been successful. So they should be recognized for it. Um, you know, but the preseason awards, like anything, they give those out for free. Um you know, at the end of the year, you've got to, you had to have earned it. And so like, you know, it's, it's nice because it, it's, it gives us some, uh, some social media credit, you know, we can kind of post it and, and, uh, 
and, and recruiting, it's a really great thing. But obviously these guys talk about what they want at the end. So, you know, we, I don't know if we talked about it as a team hmm. at all. Like it's not, it's not something that's a, a conversation piece because it really has nothing to do with what we want to get accomplished day to day. It doesn't have anything that's going to, you know, really help us um, in our, in our opening weekend down in, in Cary. So um, we just kind of keep moving along and, uh, and just kind of stay focused in the moment. That's what I've kept asking them to do is uh, worry about today, plan for tomorrow and, and, and don't go any further than that. Um, there's just too much unknowns to it. Um, and they've got too much to do day to day to really kind of get lost in the future. Um, you know, because it, it's going to change quickly as the season starts. No doubt. Um, I was talking to a friend who's a scout, and uh, I was talking to him about uh, he he actually sent like the standing the preseason votes and the, uh, for the for the you know, Patriot League to me. And then I asked him. Uh, I was mentioning him a, a couple players, and I was mentioning Sam and Derek. And um, from what he told me, there's a legit chance that those two guys have a chance to get drafted this year. That's how talented they are. And, um, you know, you see Derek getting um, recognized as one of the top 50 catchers in America by, I guess, base, Division One baseball. And I'm, I'm like, top 50, you know, <laughs> I mean, let's let's narrow that down a little bit, you know. Um, but the t- Derek first, he came in, I believe, as well. I don't know if he was a catcher in high school. I don't know his background much, but I know he was kind of a utility guy, maybe his first couple of years. And then last year, you he, he was like your was he your leadoff guy last year? Yeah, we kind of did a little bit of everything with them. Uh, we we kind of had a uh, took an, a a little bit different approach with some of the guys. But Derek, yeah, Derek was a second ba- all conference second baseman as a, as a sophomore. And I remember when I first got the job, we were walking across campus, and he's like, "Coach, I want to catch." I came in a catcher, and I was like, "Okay." Like, I met you five minutes ago, Derek. Great, you want to catch? We'll we'll see what happens, right? Um, and one of the top catchers in the country, as good a catch and throw. Uh, player just a dynamic athlete um and has been awesome um you know for us and 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 sam the same uh you know but they like we've tried with derek yeah he bat lead he hit lit off for us we moved kevin away from the lead lead off all the brule and put him in the three hole because he was the best um you know contact hitter so we're thinking he can drive in a ton of runs and derek had a chance to start the game and change it in a swing and he did it a few times. Like, that's not the guy. Like, he doesn't look like a leadoff hitter. He didn't hit like a leadoff hitter. But the game could change. Hmm. And that was what we wanted. And then, you know, and then Sam was in the two-hole. And then Kevin and then and Ross. Like, those first four, you don't really – you didn't really want to go through them uh, very often. But they did a really good job. But, yeah, Derek is somebody that, you know, just keeps getting better and better. The more he plays, the better he gets. Um, and has a chance to really, really, with a good season, put himself – in some prime position for the, for the draft and play professionally um, where Sam has been kind of a guy since high school. Um, He was a guy that uh, is probably one of the higher rated players that, that West Point has had coming as an incoming player Um, struggled a little bit last year. I mean, not a ton. His numbers were still pretty good. Um, But you know, his sophomore year was really, really good. He's primed to have a, a, I think a great year this year. And again, the two of them, and I think it would be a great thing. And just as we've seen kind of within the football program, when you can have some consistency in getting guys into, you know, professional sports, it it, it helps everything. It helps um, people understand West Point. It helps recruiting. It, it helps in so many different ways. So so we're hoping those guys get an opportunity to play. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 
I was uh, in contact with Jacob Herdebees, um this uh, last week, and we're hoping to get him on the podcast next week. And there's an Army grad who's on the 40-man roster of the Reds right now, right, kind of knocking on the door, so to speak, of the big leagues. And, you know, you talk, you're talking like Chris Raleigh, right? You're talking some really uh, – a prime, you know, uncharted waters there, but I mean, pause. That's positive news for for the program, no doubt. When you can see a guy like Jacob move up, um, move up the minor leagues of the Reds. He's been with the Reds organization, I believe, from the jump, and that's got to be something good, also, to for the, promoting the program. I'm guessing. No, it's. It, I think it's it's great, and and as those guys have been successful, I think you know, again, it's they've been they were really good within the organizations but i bet anybody that you talk to in the reds organization they trust jacob herdebees as much as anybody they know who he's going to be when he shows up they know um he's going to stay out of trouble he's going to be a, a productive member of their organization and their community and then on the field he's got really really good skills like he like they become kind of the prototypical professional player um and so as he does better it helps sam it's it helps derek and and hopefully guys down the road because um, you know, I think again, I, you know, uh, it was Mike Tomlin. I think he talked about like why he, he liked players from the Academy or West Point. Like he knew who they were. He knew they were going to work what they, you know, they were going to be coachable. They were going to be in the facility. They were going to work their tails off. Our guys are the exact same. And as they, as that, and that word spreads. And so it can only help our guys. And so we're hoping, and I, and I think obviously he's got a great chance for, uh, for Jacob to, to make it to the big leagues this year, which would be um, an outstanding accomplishment, not for not just for himself, which it is, but for all the academies and especially uh, West Point. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And um, I was thinking about like I've, I've covered the baseball team probably parts of 20 years. Right. And I've seen like and just talking to scouts and just to get because sometimes when I was at West Point, the scouts were looking at the opponents that you were playing more than they were looking at at the army players and now they have two guys that when you go down the carrier you go down to sugarland or where you go to different parts of of the country and play now early in the season that's where scouts are out there looking at these guys right and scouts are looking at not only those guys but they attract eyeballs onto onto your team in general so yeah. no i think that's that's 100 correct and you know we've we keep getting you know, kind of emails or calls about what our rotation is, where we're playing, guys that will be in attendance to see them and how many times they want to get get out to, to watch our guys. And, and and again, I think what you're saying is exactly right. And we had it a couple times at Marist when I was a player, too, is you have one guy that they want to come see and then they fall in love with another one. And, yeah. and it kind of can can spiral in a really positive direction. And, and that's where guys like Braden Galinsky or Mike Ruggieri or different like they they have more eyeballs on them, too. Um, and for our younger guys as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great thing. And those two guys deserve it. You know, they, they've put in a ton of work and they're and they're supremely talented. And, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to the season with them because if we're going to be good, they got to be good. So. Uh, so we're excited. No doubt. Um. Let's real uh, quick. Let's get into like the rest of the roster. Um, you know, with Kevin and Ross graduating, you know, first base and shortstop, I guess, may open up. But what 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 are your thoughts? What are your thoughts at those two positions? I see you have some younger players, maybe up the middle. Um, what what are the plans for at those two positions? Yeah, uh, shortstop to to kind of start the year will be Chris Barr. He's a sophomore from Florida. He played second base late in the year. Kind of became the everyday second baseman for us. Um, switch hitter. Um, he is kind of your prototypical leadoff hitter. He's just a, he's a pain. Um, you know, he, he gets on, he can run the bases, he can steal, he can do some things, but he's kind of solidified himself as the opening day, 
uh, shortstop, which, uh, you know, we're excited about. And then Carter Hewitt is another Florida uh, kid. He's a sophomore as well. Um, that really, you know, he just trailed and then walked right behind Sam Ruder or uh, Ross Friedrich last year. He was attached to their hips and just kind of learning from them and um, has a chance to drive the baseball. And, you know, it, it was interesting. We were talking about it the other day. You know, as sophomores, you know, I don't think anybody truly knew Kevin DeBrule or Ross Friedrich's name. You know, and these guys can be the next. Like, they don't need to be Kevin DeBrule or Ross Friedrich. They just need to be good players. Um, and I think they have it in them. They just need to play. Um, but those two guys, so we'll go with a little bit more youth than than we were, you know, obviously positionally last year. But um, you know, we're excited about those two guys because they bring a different dynamic um, and some kind of youthful ignorance, which sometimes on the field is is okay. Sometimes it drives me crazy, but sometimes it's actually uh, – it can be a good thing. You had some guy, freshmen uh, get, get get in the lineup last year. And, I mean, those guys have stepped up, and now it's their sophomore year. So I'm guessing, like, guys like Addison Ainsworth, uh, maybe there's a few others. Sorry if I'm yeah. – but can you talk about that, the guys going for their freshman and sophomore year, the guys who actually were in the starting lineup and playing a decent sure. amount for you? Yeah, so we had um, uh, Addison Ainsworth and, and Ethan Ellis in the outfield. Those guys were the corner guys. They, they hit at the bottom part of the lineup. One of them's going to kind of have to make a jump into into the middle part but uh you know those guys got a ton of experience which was which was outstanding and it's it's hard um you know i think people underestimate it's hard in just college baseball the numbers of guys as freshmen getting quality time is super low and then doing it here where there can be there's another kind of set of challenges is is impressive so we had those two guys that that did a really good job thomas shrek is another one he'll probably start at second base he got some limited time for us last year, but he'll um, he'll kind of step in at second. And then uh, Billy Parker is a sophomore. He didn't play a ton. He played some midweek games and got some at-bats, but he had probably the best fall offensively out of anybody. Wow. Um, and just a physical specimen he is. If if you saw him walk around, he if they made a a, a magazine of West Point cadets, like he's the he's the prototypical guy. He he gets up in the morning, eats nails, and 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 comes ready to work. So, uh, we're excited about him. Again, there may be a learning curve with that with him a little bit, but when he hits the baseball, it's uh, it's pretty electric. Nice. Uh, talk about the rotation behind Rogeri and uh, how your bullpen might be setting up. Yeah. Uh, so Ronabom and Rogeri, uh, those two guys, like they're going to be our horses. We're going to have to give them the baseball and 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 let them ride. After that. Um, it's going to be kind of, I don't want to say necessarily by committee, but I think we've got seven or eight guys that we need to figure out what their roles are going to be. Um, Dom Trippy was a, kid, a guy that started midweek games for us, probably has the best stuff on the team. He's going to have to make a jump. Um, Joe Voucher's a little like a, not a little, he's uh, like a side armor, right-hander. His stuff is really, really good. We have a bunch of sophomores that are now juniors that kind of need to step into roles that, the guys that graduated, uh, you know, kind of left. And and I think we have the ability to do it. We have one freshman traits that again, he's, he's a little bit older um, as a, as a freshman here, but his stuff is, his stuff is really good. So we have to kind of figure out the late game type of stuff. And then when we play four game series, like we'll have to add in that four starter last year, we had three starters and then we kind of flexed, a guy in and out because the way the conference schedule is kind of screwy. Some weekends it's a three game 
weekend, summer of four. You have the seven inning game in there. So there's a lot of different ways we can do it. But um, Steve Graver is another one. Steve, as a sophomore, you know, threw really, really well. Last year was not um, as successful as we wanted to be. He's been really good so far. Like he's a guy that could eat up. I mean, if he could pitch 40, 45 to 50 innings, like we're going to be really, really good. So, um, you know, it'll be, I think that first four weekends, like the box scores may look kind of a little bit all over the place, but probably by design because we need to figure out kind of who can, who can extend for three, four, five innings and who's kind of your one and one, two inning guys. Um, and, and, I don't know. I, I had a ton of questions going in the last year and then it kind of, it, it formulates and I always kind of do it that way because the growth that these guys can make in a short period of time is huge. So we, we've got to kind of, uh, we try and be a little more patient in developing those roles on the pitching end. Those get the, the first four weeks when you're on, on the road and you're playing in, you know, North Carolina, Texas, Georgia. I mean, those are important weeks. Like you said, to find out about your, um, your pitching staff to find out about the younger players in your lineup. And then I was just wanting you to get into the schedule a little bit where you know, that first uh, weekend, next weekend in um, Cary, I think you play six game. Do you play six games in two days or now? No. So we play four. There's six. Okay. I think there's six games. To, I, I don't know how it's good. Yeah. So we play four. We play Monmouth, uh, Penn state. And then on the Sunday we play a double header uh, on getaway day. Um, and so we'll, yeah, we have four games that weekend, three um, down in Florida, three down in uh, Texas, and then a four game series versus uh, Georgia State. So we kind of flex again back and forth between the three and four game sets. But 36 innings on on the first weekend is enough, like, right? <laughs> yeah, like 27. Sometimes you're trying to figure it out. Like 36 is. Uh, because you're, you know, your starters, their pitch count and just our, our workload is not to a place. And we're not going to kind of we're not going to mortgage our season on a on a game, uh, game one or two. So, you know, we'll use the, the most amount of pitchers in the, probably the first two weeks and then we'll start to settle into what we'll do. The first weekend, like you're playing Monmouth and Penn State, Penn State, you get to play right. Big Ten school. I see in um, Sugarland, you're playing Creighton, who's a, you know, traditionally strong baseball school. Yeah, and you got Air Force. You get a chance to see Air Force out there. And you talked about the Georgia State stuff. You know, the Florida games. I mean, what 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 do you what do you like about this schedule? Would you say As your non conference schedule? Yeah, it's it's this is the first time I've played in three straight kind of like round robin tournaments um, where you're really not. It's not a traditional series where you have three games against the same opponent. So it provides a little bit of challenge because just from from a preparation standpoint, you have triple the work um, of a normal week. But I, I also think that you're going to have to play kind of different styles. You're going to have to have a different approach day to day. Um, mm. I think it allows you to really kind of focus on Friday and then focus on Saturday and then focus on Sunday um, as opposed to kind of taking a big look about a series. But, uh, you know, I think they're all going to have their unique, unique challenges. I think it's important. Um, you know, we've made it a priority with Air Force that we play them every year. Um, at, when scheduling allows, we're running into a little bit of an issue as they try and figure out their conference alignment and schedule, mm -hmm. you know, moving forward. But, you know, we're committed to playing them, which, again, I think it's a that's a great um, series to play. I think it's important for both academies. I think it's a great showcase for academies, too. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll try and play them in Texas every year because we think that's a great place for us to. Um, it's got to be a, a recruiting ground for us. So we'll we'll play there. Um you know, we don't have necessarily the big power five schools, but again, like Louisiana Tech, like 
they're good. Uh, Stets, they're, they've been, you know, a game away from uh, from Omaha in the last um, half decade. Uh, you know, obviously Air Force has been been pretty good. Like there's some really good teams on there, um, you know, so we'll be tested early um, and hopefully, you know, I think, uh, you know, we'll learn a lot about our a lot, learn a lot about ourselves in that that first month. Looking forward to it. One last question for you. What's it like having um, an AD that was a former Major League Baseball player, you know, to work for? And uh, I'm guess I'm not saying that baseball gets any preference over, you know, the other sports, Chris. But what what's that like? No, it's great. Um, I think more so um, it's really positive because I think he understands the game. You know, like one of the things that that he had mentioned, you know, last year was like understanding like how like we had such a great year and, and it like it doesn't always end that way like the best team doesn't always win mm-hmm. um and and obviously we we had won so it it was okay but just like understanding that baseball is that we play 50 50 to 56 games like there's a lot that goes on the the ebbs and flows of of a season you know and obviously you know the intensity and and the 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 pressure of like a football or lacrosse where it's 12 to 15 games where we're playing that in three weeks, um, you know, is different. So, you know, I think he's, um, he's very in tune with that, you know, any sort of our, uh, you know, conversations have been, it's been really positive. He's, he's great to work for. I think all of our coaches would, would agree on that. Um, but, uh, I don't know if we get any special treatment. We should probably, I should probably try and push the envelope on that a little bit. But uh, now again, like, you know, I think looking at college baseball as a whole and then forward thinking into what's going on with the NCAA and some of the more global issues to have RAD who not only played college, um, college baseball, played pro baseball, but is on the NCAA committee. Like those things are positives for us because he's got a, he's got a voice and he's got a voice for us. Um, at West Point and the academies, which is going to be huge long term. No doubt. No doubt. Chris, we really appreciate your time as you prepare for the start of the season. Uh, like you said, you're going to be playing a lot of games in a couple of weeks and we're anxious to see how you guys do uh, get up to a few games at Double Day Field, too, and and see you guys. Thanks so much. And uh, we wish you all the best on your season. Uh, appreciate your time today. No, this is great. I appreciate it. Thank you.